This is Stanley bringing you the sound doctrine of the Bible. Under God, I conducted sound doctrine seminars in 1997, 2007, and 2012. The talks of these seminars are now made available to you in segments of 10 to 15 minutes each. They are for your enlightenment and edification. We continue from what we saw in the previous segment. Doctrine of the Church Number one, one God and Father. I have now given you seven attributes of God. He alone is eternal. He alone is invisible. He alone is omniscient. We cannot have any share with those attributes. These are called incommunicable attributes of God. That is exclusively God's prerogative. But there are some moral attributes of God. And in those moral characters, we can have some sharing. Take for example, God is faithful. God is truthful. And we can be faithful and we can be truthful. We must be faithful and we must be truthful. Now turn with us to book of John 17th chapter. Look at the third verse. What does Jesus tell about God the Father? This is life eternal that they may know you the only true God. The only true God. Jesus confesses it before his Father. 2 Timothy 2nd chapter. Look at the 13th verse. If we are faithless, he still remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. What does it mean? Perfectly, basically speaking, God wants us to be faithful like him. If we become unfaithful, God is not going to change his faithfulness. Another moral attribute of God, number two. God is good. A beautiful sentence and there are so many choruses composed with that theme. They all really mean so much to our hearts. You know, there came one young man to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he asked him a question. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus gave him a wonderful teaching. Why do you call me good? There is only one person who is absolutely good, that is God the Father. In other words, there Jesus was perfectly functioning in his full capacity as a human being and he made the statement, God is absolutely good. Now there are some beautiful psalms which you are all very familiar with but maybe in the context we should look at them. Psalm 106 and verse 1 
Praise the Lord. We'll give thanks to the Lord because he is good and his mercy endures forever. Come to the 107th Psalm. Look at the first verse. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Now this is spread and sprinkled all over the scriptures. The third moral character of God is God is love. Turn with us to 1 John 4th chapter and 8th verse. It says God is love. It does not say God is loving. It says God is love. No, I can say I am loving. But I cannot say I am love. See, that speaks about the absolute character of God. The father loves the son and gave him all things. Turn with us to John 3rd chapter, 35th verse. Father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. And come to 3rd chapter, 16th verse. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now relating to love of God, there can be so many other characters. Mercy of God. Grace of God. Patience of God. These are all the manifestations of the absolute love of God. The fourth moral character of God, God is holy. No other character of God is so often repeated. In Isaiah 6.3, holy, holy, holy. Book of Revelation 4th chapter 8th words, holy, holy, holy. Again and again, both in the Old Testament and New Testament, God says, Be holy because I am holy. Another word for holiness is the righteousness of God. Now you can note down Romans 3rd chapter. Study the entire chapter of Romans 3 to understand the righteousness of God. It's a very interesting treatment of that crucial subject. The fifth character we can think about God is God is jealous. What does it mean? He is not an irritable person. God is a jealous God does not mean uh, his irritability. What it means is he always protects his honor. I am the Lord. I will not share my glory with another. That is where the subject of the anger of God is developed. What is the theme of the book of Romans? Justification by faith. But do you know something? The maximum number of reference to the wrath of God is given in book of Romans. 
You can note down. 
doctrine according to godliness you know ultimately doctrine should lead us to the way of life it should affect our walk with god but what is the tragedy today many theologians are not believers and many believers are not theologians see that is the tragedy of today believers must be theologians and theologians must become believers now when that tragedy is sorted out in all our bible colleges and seminaries and churches there will be a spiritual awakening there should be no dichotomy between these two believers and theologians it must come together how can it happen theologians though he may be a theological college professor he must cry before god and say the sinner's prayer lord be merciful to me a sinner he must be born again and every person who is born again should study theology one will lead to the other that is what is usually patterned in the bible now you are able to understand the purpose of this program clearly we should always maintain the clear difference between the incommunicable attributes of god and the communicable attributes of god you know why i said that god became man man can never become god now this is a very crucial truth especially in the indian religious context god became man man can never become god even in eternity when we are glorified we shall be like him that's how now we shall we never become god when we go to heaven also turn with me to second corinthians third chapter i am again targeting another false doctrine here second corinthians third chapter look at the 18th verse we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the lord are being transformed into the same image glory to glory we are just glowing into the image of god we never become god himself because this image we lost in the garden of eden when adam committed that sin that's what the bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of god we all committed sin and we lost the glory of god what is the problem with the prosperity doctrine what is the problem of the positive faith movements they teach that every believer can become a small god they say that we are all small gods 
this doctrine began in the garden of eden that is what that old serpent told as a lie to first man and first woman you shall be like god so that is the lie they told them if they become like god later on god says they have become like one of us what does it mean that particular aspect of knowing good and evil they got that knowledge not in absolute value not in the absolute good sense of god's character that is why the bible say while we were without strength we are not able to do what we want to do we want to do good but we are not able to do good while we were without strength christ died for us see that's the beautiful thing that our inability what we are not able to do christ has to come and help us to just give us that glory if you fail to understand this truth you will be led to hinduism what is hinduism everyone is part of god everyone is a part of god that is why every man is called a brahman it is like drops in the sea you know each is a brahman and each is a drop they all make the sea the ocean in whatever way the brahman manifests himself as gods and goddesses you can worship that is how that polytheism came into hinduism you see how carefully you should be in understanding what the bible teaches so that you can give a proper gospel to your non christian friends now with this we will move on to the second of the seven oneness doctrines we'll continue our study in the next segment god bless you